Well, thank you very much, uh, Tammy, and everyone else. We really appreciate you inviting us back uh, another Sunday here. We were, for a few of you that weren't here, we were here on uh, November 14th. Um, and I think I'm scheduled in mid-January, too. Uh, so hopefully Lori and I will be back. Not sure the date on that. Yeah. So I very, very much appreciate uh, this time together with our brothers and sisters here down in Whitehall. Uh, let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, please be with, be with us here today. And may your word come alive in our hearts and our minds. May your truth be revealed and may you be glorified in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. The last time we were here, uh, is any song pop into your head? <laughs> trust and obey, maybe? There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Um, so that's what we concentrated on last time is do not be afraid. Uh, Jesus told us so many times, do not be afraid. Um, and... Uh, we looked at the life of Josephat, a, a godly and righteous king of uh, Judah that uh, saw these huge three armies coming upon his land, and, and it was overwhelming. They were going to all die. And he, uh, he knelt down and sought the Lord and, and uh, prayed, We don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And uh, God delivered him in a miraculous way, and uh, we can trust in God. So the scripture today that we're going to look at is we're going to continue on with that concept of do not be afraid, but we're going to try to look at a practical way that we can do that. Um, and so we're going to concentrate on the mind for Christ today. And the scripture of the day comes from 2 Corinthians 10, 2-5. Paul states, I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think we live by the standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and pretense, pretensions that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That is a lot, a lot there to break down in that, that one passage. Um, the few things that popped out at me right away is um, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, and they have the divine power to demolish strongholds. And I think I said it last time, too. I think as Christians and modern-day disciples of Christ, we, have, we don't understand the power that Christ has given us through the cross and his resurrection. Uh, he said that we would do greater things than, than he did uh, uh, during his ministries on earth. Um, and we are in a spiritual, uh, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against spirits and principalities and high places. And, and uh, we need to make sure that we use those weapons that the Lord has given us. But the other, the, the other statement that really stands out is uh, we take every we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So the question I have for you this morning is, do you take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ? That's a big question. Every thought, make it obedient to Christ. 
you know, I started thinking about that and then I'm like, well, oof, that's a challenge nowadays, right? We're being constantly bombarded with news and media and emails and texts and Facebook messages and all these other sources that are vying for our attention and energies on a constant basis. You know, the world really wants to control our thoughts. In, in marketing classes, you're taught, you know, when, you, when you're advertising, you, you, want, you want to draw them in and make them want that product or whatever the thing is. You really want to control their minds and subliminal messaging and everything else that they work with nowadays. But Satan uses some of these similar tactics uh, to control our minds, emotions, and energies. Um, if, if he can keep us busy thinking on all these things of the world, then we don't take the time that God instructs us to, uh, to pray and to meditate and to study his word. Um, if Satan can keep our minds busy on the things of the world, he wins the battle for our minds, and in, in some cases our souls, because he renders us ineffective for the kingdom. So it's wise to be informed of the happenings of this world um, as they, you can see the signs to come, but it's, it's, not, it's not good to be consumed uh, or lose your sense of peace that God has offered all of us, um, that he wants to impart to all people. So the first thing we want to look at is, is we're trying to hold every thought captive uh, to the obedience of Christ, is God knows our thoughts. There's many verses in the Bible that talk about it. In Psalms 94.11, it states, The Lord knows the thoughts of man, and they are vanity. Job wrote, writes to us in Job 42.2, I know that thou can do everything, and that no thought can be withheld from thee, as he's speaking to God. In 1 Chronicles 28.9, And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father, and serve him wholeheartedly, devoted devotion and with willing mind, for the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. So, you know, we might have this polished exterior that we look like we're doing well and we're good, and you know, but uh, what's going on in the mind? Because God knows exactly what's going on in the mind. You know, our thoughts are, are uh, a big part of our walk with the Lord. Have you ever wondered where thoughts originate? Have you ever thought about thoughts? Um, let's start with this question, you know, I'll pose it to you all here. You know, what are, what are the th three um, spiritual entities in, in our world? So what, what's the first one? God, right? God is, is, is the primary one, right? He's the creator of all the whole entire universe. And then what did he create? Jesus, which was God in the flesh. Um, so it's part of the Trinity, God. But then he also created the, the Holy Spirit and the angels, right? And, and uh, then also he created us. So you kind of break that down because the Holy Spirit and Jesus and God the Father, that's God, is, is in the Trinity. And then he created the angels, and then he created us. But the angels, is, if you look back in the Old Testament, uh, there was a war where Lucifer uh, was the chief musician, and he was a beautiful, beautiful creature. And he, he's doing what a lot of humans are doing today, where he thought he was good enough to be God. 
And so he started saying, well, I deserve a little worship here too and praise because look at me, you know, type thing. And uh, through his rebellion against God, he drew one-third of the angels, the scripture says, um, and those became demons. So they're angelic, fallen angelic creatures that became demonic and followed Lucifer. So we have God and the angels, we have man, and we have Satan and his demons. That's what the Bible tells us. So what part, uh, so thought is part of a living creation, right? A rock can't think. So, you know, it has to be something that has the ability to have thought. And all thought comes from one of these three sources. Um, I heard this uh, 15 years ago, uh, you know, this concept, and I, I just grabbed the concept and then I kind of developed the sermon uh, from uh, Dr. David Nichols. He was a uh, uh, AG minister over at Living Waters Assembly of God over in New London, Wisconsin, and he came in for a special three-day, three-night uh, revival-type service. And so he, he put me onto this, this notion. Um, he's, uh, he runs the Heart of the Father Ministries over in um, Clearwater, Minnesota, and uh, he goes in the past, he's getting up there in age now, but in the past he would go over to India and now parts of Africa and have like a Billy, Billy Graham crusades uh, where there's healings. He was big, big into um, uh, physical healings and other things. So I give him credit to some of these concepts today. So the three things are God. And so what kind of thoughts do you think God helps us originate in our mind? Praise. Praise. Whole. Whole, love, right? Uh, edification, thoughts of bringing glory to God, you know, giving us direction. You know, we're always praying, you know, for something that the Lord would lead us and guide us, right? So he's, he's, he's popping those thoughts into our minds. Uh, he wants us to have peace in life and anything that's uplifting. So now think of yourself. What kind of thoughts do you think you originate? I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I'm tired. Oh, this preacher's long-winded. You know, whatever the case may be. I got to change my oil in the car tomorrow, right? It's kind of like whatever's in front of us, you know, we're uh, you, know, you know, like like our puppy, you know, they, they know what they want. They want their love. They want to go outside. You know, they, they have their instinctive uh, thought patterns. And then Satan, what, what do you think his thoughts that he's trying to project into our minds and plant seeds? Mind, yes. <laughs> yeah, so anything that has to do with uh, accusation or lust or, or hatred or strife or selfishness or stress or any other demoralizing thought. Um, in John 10.10, 10, it says he, which is Satan, uh, kills, steals, and destroys. So he comes around as the angel of light and makes it look good, but his ultimate motive is to bring us down and, and to take us away from the saving grace that Jesus offers us all. So, you know, I mentioned stress. You know, what, what is stress? We all have it at some point. What's, what's stress? And I think stress is like, I'm fear. Okay, you kind of tie fear. Fear of what? Fear of losing something? Fear of losing your freedom or fear of losing finances or fear of losing, you know, uh, your whatever the case may be or feel or failure. Um, you know, on the 14th, we talked about do not be afraid, right? And so we can battle that by trusting in God. 
Um, I, I personally know stress. You know, I went out back um, 10, 20 years ago, you know, I dealt with a, a lot of stress, having three kids and being the only breadwinner, and my wage was a little lower at the time. Um, always just trying to make ends meet, all those kind of things. And, you know, I allowed my stuff to get into a spirit of heaviness. And the Bible calls the spirit of heaviness. What that is is, is depression. So I'd have bouts of mild depression. I was still active in the church and everything else, but I was just, you know, it's like, uh, reminds me of Jesus' uh, verse where it says, you know, um, about carrying the burden, the yoke. You know, I had a heavy yoke on uh, during those times. And that's exactly where he wanted me to be. Because if we walk around with that heavy burden and that yoke of the world and the yoke of worry and work, yoke of stress, we're completely ineffective for his kingdom. Right? We're not keeping our mind on things above and, you know, not on earthly things. Um, and so that was a, a, a serious burden for my life, but worse, it was a serious burden on my family's life, too, because they had to deal with, you know, dopey dad, you know, once in a while. Um, I remember during those times, though, because I had the Word of God. You know, I, I, I knew His Word, but I was, still wasn't living that victorious life. And, and during those times, I remember crying out to God and praying Second Timothy 1 through 7, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a love, power, and a sound mind. And I would say it over and over, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. I needed to get that into my soul, not just my mind. So I look back at those years with regret. What foolishness. You know, I had my young children growing up. God was blessing me all along. You know, and, and I was just always looking at that next thing, worrying about that next thing, instead of just living in life and enjoying the blessings that God wants to bestow on us. So our, our thought life is where the spiritual battle takes place. Do you know that we can even sin in our mind? In uh, Matthew 5.27 it states, You have heard it said, Do not commit adultery. But I tell you, to anyone that looks on a woman lustfully, he has already committed adultery in his heart. And then the next verse, Jesus goes about saying that if you hate someone, you're committing murder to them. I had a theological debate one time with somebody that was important to me, and they said, that's absurd that you can sin in your mind. You can't sin. You can't be responsible for what your thoughts are, is what uh, she told me. And, but my Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so he is. So yes, we can, um, we are responsible for our thoughts. The most revolting thing of our human, human condition is beyond the, uh, the doubt our mind. It is corrupt and perverse and always warring against the spirit. Uh, all too often we get lost in our own fantasies that revolve around ourselves or our situations. So how do we control our thoughts? How can we win that battle? Well, two things. First, we seek God, right? And second, we resist the devil. So let's break that down a little bit. How, how, how do we seek God? Well, when you wake up in the morning, what's the first thoughts that come to your mind? Are you tuning in to K-H-E-A-V-E-N radio and letting the thoughts of love and uplifting and thank you, God, for this day, 
Is that happening? Or are you tuning in to KHELL radio station where, oh, I got this to do today and oh, you know, I got this stress and oh, I got this problem that I, I haven't figured out from yesterday. As I was going over my notes here right before service, I was in my office, which used to be my oldest daughter, Katerina's uh, room. And there was a time in, when she was 14 or 15 that she'd be up 5.30 every morning reading scripture. The back of her door, I, I can't change that room because the back of the door, you open it up and it's all taped scripture, you know, prayers and scripture. And then uh, right above where she had her bed, there is green paper and it's still taped. That tape is like unbelievable. It must have been taped by the Holy Spirit. But it says this, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. For I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go. For to you I entrust my life. Psalms 143.8. So that was what she woke up to every morning. She would wake up, and that would be the first thought in her mind. It's not a bad idea. You know, maybe get some tape and put a scripture right up above your bed. So everything we do starts with a thought. If our minds are meditating on the things of the Spirit, they are set on life and peace. So we want to win that war of having more life and peace. Let's get our thoughts on tuned into K-H-E-A-V-E-N radio station. And the other thing we can do is resist the devil. So how are we going to do that? You know, these thoughts just hit us, you know, and we just either go with them or we like, can we maybe not go with them. So what I would like you to do is think about your favorite food. Picture it in your mind. Is it lasagna or pizza or tacos? Or maybe it's an ice cream sundae. So it's an ice cream sundae. So what's your favorite? Caramel on it maybe, some chocolate, and some of those little sprinkles, oh, you know, little, uh, some, some fresh fruit on there. So think about holding that spoon right now. Now we're going we're gonna to take a dip. Stop. Now where's your spoon? For some of you, maybe you've eaten the whole Sunday already, right? <laughs> but, uh, but where's that spoon? Mine's about two inches above the, you know, because I was kind of going down, but I stopped the spoon. So see, you can control your thoughts. And you, with that same technique, when you get that, that thought that it seems to be coming from the enemy, or something that's going to bring you down, stop it in its tracks. Now, I'm not expecting all of you to be sitting along in your car on the side of the road and grinding away trying to control your thoughts. Um, but as soon as you sense those thoughts have the marking of accusation, greed, lust, hate, fear, or stress, or any demoralizing thought, I urge you to reject it and pray. For you have heard it before, resist the devil and he will flee. It takes a lot of practice, though. We have to be aware of our thoughts in order to do it. Another illustration might be as simple as you're driving home from church today and you notice that somebody that normally says hello doesn't say hello to you. And you're all of a sudden sitting in your car driving home thinking, oh, maybe that person's mad at me. You know, maybe uh, there's something wrong between us. And you hold the thought and you let it germinate. And you start, you know, start adding to that thought. And before you know it, you're all worried about that that person and you are out of fellowship. 
And instead, next time, just stop that thought in his tracks and say, you know what? I'll contact that person later today or tomorrow or next Sunday, depending on how urgent it is. And just make sure, nine times out of 10, the person maybe had their own thoughts going on, right? And they were just distracted that day. But let's not play those fantasies out in our brain or the what-if scenarios. Just stop it in its tracks. Resist negative thoughts that originate from the devil. So what does the Bible say about our thoughts? So let's hit a few verses here to bring some meat into this. Uh, Matthew 22, 37 says, Jesus says unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Now that's a, that's a common verse. We probably all know that verse if we've been in church for a while. You know, so usually the focus I look at is love God with everything, right? But he's telling us to love God with your mind, with the, the entirety of your soul and mind. So that means some discipline is needed. Colossians 3, 2 says, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. And Ephesians 4.23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. As I was preparing this message for you today, um, there, there was uh, all these extra requests at work, and they're trying to get me into running grants and everything else that's way outside the scope of my job. And so I'm just like tied up, you know, you know, getting stressed about it all week. And I'm like, nope, the message is about controlling our thoughts, thinking positive, trusting in God. And so, you know, sometimes when you take that step for the Lord, you know, he tests you on it, which is good because then I have to, you know, get it done right myself here. So, um, but one of the, the greatest verses that really, I think, helps us here is Proverbs 16, 3. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. If you, you, you contemplate on that one. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. So here we're trying to figure out, can we control our thoughts? Can we stop those negative thoughts? And the solution is, is be about your father's business each and every day of every minute. Even if you have to do routine things for work, do it because you love the Lord. Do it unto the Lord. If you can get to that mindset where you're so filled with his spirit, so filled with his love, and surrender to, surrendering yourself for his glory and commit onto his works, he will establish your thoughts. So that's the key of maybe winning this battle if you're struggling with it. So in conclusion, you know, let us meditate on the Lord, not on circumstances. Meditate through his word. The Lord commands us to take every thought captive and bring in the thought into obedience to the word of God. Stop the thoughts in the tracks that do not come from the Lord and pray. If you're battling with your thought life and not succeeding with taking thoughts captive, I encourage you to submit to the Lord by humbling yourself. Repent wholeheartedly if there's anything that's blocking that communion between you and the Father, and resist the enemy and he will flee. Ask the Lord to give you a mind for Christ. 
Before starting to argue with someone in your mind, pray for that person. How often do we do that, right? Arguing with your boss, you find yourself, the wife's like, what are you talking about? Oh, nothing, <laughs> right? Before you start having fantasies in your mind, take a walk and pray, or what if scenarios. Read your word and study it. The Lord is faithful. You can win this battle. He is with you. If he's for you, nothing can be against you, right? Finally, brethren, whatever things are pure, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue in them, if there be any praise, think on these things. Philippians 4, 8. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, please help us win the, the spiritual battle of our minds. Lord, we want to have Christ's attitude in all of our thoughts. Please help us seek you and resist the snares of the enemy. We wish to follow you wholeheartedly. Lord, if there's anyone here that has not, or online, that has not accepted you as Lord and Savior, reveal yourself to them. May your church prosper, and may we humble, be humble servants in your sight. We love you, Lord, and we need you more than ever. In Jesus' name. So the benediction today is one of my favorite verses here. It says, May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. If there's anyone here that uh, we have a few minutes before our brothers and sisters from the Hispanic Church uh, come in. So if there's anyone here that wants prayer for your thoughts or anything else, Lori and I are here for about 10, 10 15 minutes. We'd love to pray with you. Um, you can be victorious, and uh, we are victorious, so we just got to live that victorious life. Next time, we're going to be taking a look at the next step of this journey of do not be afraid in um, like the second week of January. We're going to look at surrendering all, because if you, have, if you surrender all, you have nothing to lose, so you have no fear in your life. You can live boldly for Christ.